This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, George Toman talks about the surrender of St. Joseph. The original interview was November 30th, 2022. George talks about the strength and faith of this precious saint whose feast day is March 20th. George is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. By way of introduction, George Toman, our next guest, is currently a doctoral student at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln, studying special education. He is a graduate of Fort Hayes State University and has contributed to the One Body Show here on Divine Mercy Radio and even hosted a past carathon. George has a passion for sharing the faith with others. And so we are, we are grateful, George, that, that you are here, and you're here to talk about the surrender of St. Joseph. That is such an exciting topic. Yes, no, thank you for first having me on, and, and to the Hayes, Great Bend, and Salina radio audience, listening audiences, God's blessings to you. When Danetta asked me uh, a while back about possibly talking on this carathon in particular, uh, we had a couple ideas. We were exchanging emails back and forth, and a lot of really good ideas. And she mentioned the topic of, of surrender. And the, the immediate thing that I thought of, knowing that the Carathon would be happening in Advent and, and, and the beginning of Advent, was St. Joseph. I didn't necessarily know exactly what um, at the time, but something clicked there that let's talk about St. Joseph and humility. And I don't know if that was a Holy Spirit thing or I just got lucky, but either way, as I kind of research this idea more, and in my own life, from a, from a spiritual perspective, I'll, I'll personally attest to this, St. Joseph has played a very important role in my life the last handful of years being in the university, because as I was trying to figure out, not only was kind of taking a, a, a postponement for my own career in education at the time, about, about two and a half years ago, to going back to school to, to get my doctorate, I really kind of, I, I prayed to God and said, you know, I, I really need some inspiration. I need some support because I know the world I'm walking into, and it's not one that I'm the biggest fan of. But for whatever reason, I know that there can be some fruit obtained from this that might help me in the future. And if it be your will, please let this happen. Well, not only did it happen, but also St. Joseph came along the way and basically took that prayer and became uh, kind of my guardian, my own guardian in the process. And I'm nearing the end of my program, which I can attest that was something that happened. He has been a very important role. So I say that from a very personal standpoint, that talking about St. Joseph, this idea of surrender, um, I think is really, really important. The biggest thing to take away, and and I'm going to give a couple of examples here from his litany to start us off this morning. When we think of the idea of men and surrendering, those words are maybe, you know, oxymorons for some people, right? You know, men are very prideful individuals. I, I'm a guy myself. I, I know how it is. And so this idea of surrender, this idea of basically making yourself vulnerable, not only in control, but also of perspective and many other things, this idea of surrendering for a man could be very difficult. But we have many good examples in the, the Bible in our faith tradition to help us grow in virtue, to grow in surrender to Christ our King, 
And one of the greatest examples that may not be get, get mentioned enough is St. Joseph himself. And so when we look at his, his litany, a few of the things that we refer to him as there, mirror of patience, lover mm. of poverty, terror of demons, which is my favorite oh, title of the litany for St. Joseph, because too. we know that, yeah, yeah the, the, the idea of, of surrendering to Christ means also completely putting the evil one away. So that's why St. Joseph is such a terror, because he was the one that completely united himself to God. Those titles and many more that we give St. Joseph give us this idea of, all right, if, if I'm going to be this, this mirror of patience, what does that require? And there's an element of humility, and there's also an element of surrender. I don't think you could have humility without having some surrender to God himself. Um, I think when you think of even the whole kind of the prospects of our own faith in general, that first commandment that we have, you know, you should have no other gods other than me. That line is essentially saying you're going to surrender everything to me and not to something else. And so in order to obtain kind of the fruits, if you will, of the, of the first commandment, we need to have this idea of surrendering ourselves to God compared to surrendering ourselves to the world. And that's a very important distinction that I think sometimes we don't, we, we, we don't necessarily remember. So just in that start, St. Joseph kind of, again, kind of, you know, not only catches my eye, but also there, there's this example. Well, then, if you look to one of our most beloved saints in the Catholic Church, one of them that's always going to be one of the rock stars is St. Teresa of Avila. And her autobiography is considered one of, one of the most popular Catholic reads. You'll see them usually if you Google top ten um, you know, favorite Catholic books. Most of the time, her autobiography will be in there. And here's a line from the autobiography about St. Joseph. And she says, I took from my patron and Lord the glory of St. Joseph and recommended myself earnestly to him. I say clearly that both out of this, my present trouble, and out of others of greater importance, relating to my honor and the loss of my soul, this my Father and Lord deliver me and rendered me greater services that I knew how to ask for. I cannot call to mind that I have ever asked him at any time for anything which he has not granted, and I am filled with amazement when I consider the great favors which God has given me through this blessed saint, the dangers from which he has delivered me, both of body and of soul. So, St. Teresa of Avila, and I'll have another quote for her at the very end of our talk today, or this morning, I should say, gives this impression that, hey, if you go to Joseph, you will receive help. It's very similar to uh, the kind of this, for those of us who, who, who really embrace having a Marian devotion, you know, praying the rosary or, or really asking, you know, consecrating ourselves to Mary, which has been very popular in the last five to ten years, um, especially here in the States, what St. Teresa of Avila says has a very similar undertone, that just like you go to, if you go to Mary to get you closer to Jesus, so can Joseph get you closer to Jesus. And... In the Church's history, not to get into this further than we need to this morning, but in the Church's history there have been many scholars, many great spiritual leaders, such as St. Teresa of Avila, who have said that when the time is right, the Church at that time will adequately and profoundly bring the devotion and the importance of St. Joseph back to the faithful in order to counter the errors 
and the troubles of that time. And I'm not saying that we're in that time right now, but I will point out that our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and others, especially in the last decade or so, have really tried to illumine the importance of St. Joseph in our spiritual lives. And that has to be said in the sense that when you look at the world around us, which we don't have to get into because we all live it, we are in some very dark times. So this idea that St. Joseph can come in and then be able to support us in a way that is unique to the salvation history of the world, we might be, maybe, you know, maybe, who knows, because we can't predict the future, but maybe we're getting a taste of what the power of St. Joseph can be. And so before I get into some of the, the little details of the talk here, that's really what kind of motivated me for today, is to just share some ideas. Many of the listening audience knows who I am from One Body Shows and other things, in that, you know, it, it's it's not going to be one of those in, from the past. It's going to be one of those just, hey, here's some ideas from another another Christian brother, and then take it for what you want for Advent into Christmas, mm-hmm. and to see if it may help you in your own spiritual life, and see if it can help you maybe get a little closer to Jesus. And if that's the case, you know, thanks be to thanks be to God. There, I'll quickly say too, under again saying earlier, the Terradim is my favorite title of him. You know, he's also you know, in the litany, protector of the church, right? Mm-hmm. Guardian of the Holy Family, mm-hmm. and this, I, this, I, these, these ideas of you know, when you look at look at our world today, and you know, if you if you read uh, some works from from exorcists or spiritual leaders who have a good sense of what's going on, the amount of evil that is just exponentially rose, just from a a pure, you know, uh, a true spiritual side. They're very unfortunate in the last you know five to ten years. It's been in a been progressing that way, but re- recently, especially, we've seen an uptick in things like demonic infestations, possessions, and all those things. And and what's um what's really I think beautiful about Saint Joseph is that the moment that we connect the dots and go, oh yeah, he protected the Holy Family. He he's also uh, again this guy of terror of demons. He's our true protector. You know, it just gives a little more foundation to maybe some of the. Uh, some greater hope in that, you know, times are not all lost, and we we actually have a fair fight in this battle. Even though, from a pure script, Christian perspective, we know the battle's already been won, but sometimes it's hard to remember that in the moment. So anyway, no, I appreciate kind of the comments there earlier. So going back to the talk here, so we're going to go down a couple of moments in St. Joseph's life that actually connect really well with, with Advent and Christmas to kind of maybe help us understand this idea of surrender and also help us, especially if you're a man or someone who's looking for some ideas to help uh, a man or your son or your brother or whoever it might be, some ideas that maybe we could take with us to share uh, at you know at the Christmas table or something like that to help us uh, grow um, in our spiritual lives this Advent and Christmas. Yes. So the first is what we would call the doubt of St. Joseph. And this is right at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. I'll read the scripture to, 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 to zero in on where that is. All of us will remember it because we're going to hear it a lot in the next couple of weeks. And here's, here's the, the passage. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. This is verse 18 of Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to send her away quietly. Now, 
stopping right there, we know the rest of the story, but how does this passage help us illumine this humility, this surrender of St. Of St. Joseph. In verse 19, and I'm going to put a, a summary statement on it, at that time, as a reminder, since Mary was already with child, she, you know, and it wasn't from Joseph, there were rules in those days that you could basically put Mary to death or do something to some other degree that would basically completely embarrass her, undignify her, a bunch of other things. And Joseph we get that we get even though without getting any other kind of information to this point we automatically from just one verse get this idea that joseph is a noble man he's a loving man he's a caring man and he says he was going to resolve to send her away quietly he wasn't going to embarrass her he wasn't going to humiliate her even though the law and i'm sure a lot of other people in those days would have easily said, Joseph, go at it, because that kid within Mary is not yours, and you need to go do something about it. But Joseph refused to, out of his own virtue. And we don't get told anything else about conversations that Joseph had, because we don't need to. The Scripture is very succinct in saying this is what happened. And so we can reflect on going, huh, in this time where... Joseph could have chosen the easy route, could have chosen the route that many other people would have probably pursued. He chose to respect the dignity of the woman he loved, Hmm. despite on the outside looking in something that looked very, very bad. Hmm. Now, verse 20, but as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Again, Scripture, though being very succinct here, doesn't tell us the emotions of, of St. Joseph, doesn't tell us all the other things that could be in that scene. So essentially we can use that as part of our scriptural reflection of what did Joseph look and feel like. And because of a dream from and the angel providing the information, verse 24, when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. That phrase, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, could be rewritten as he surrendered to the will of God. Yeah. And when we think about that this idea that all right joseph gets this conviction through discernment and i know it was in a dream don't need to elaborate so much on that here for our take but essentially he discerned the will of god and he said yes which again every time we discern the will of god and we say yes that is an act of surrender to Hmm. to god himself and also in this, St. Joseph is given the task to name Jesus, Jesus. Now, for some, that might not be that big of a deal. Okay, fine, yeah, that, that makes sense culturally. But the meaning, the name of Jesus is so holy, it means so much, and it is Joseph's responsibility to name the child. As a guy myself, when you kind of read that, you do kind of get breath taken a little bit. Your breath does go away. Like, you have to, like, sit there and go, oh, man. Yeah. That's a, you know, and any any listening, uh, you know, any dad in the listening audience right now knows what I'm talking about. 
you know, that moment when your child who you've been waiting for for eight to nine months, you've been waiting for that child and all of a sudden they're in front of you and with your wife, you are tasked with the naming the child. That's a big, beautiful moment. And just imagine what St. Joseph went through knowing that he was the one to basically name his savior, to name the savior of the world. The kind of humility and surrender it takes to actually accept that is huge. And again, we don't t- we take for I should say we take for granted that G- uh, Joseph followed the will of God. We could argue to perfection here, in that Joseph could have said, "Well, maybe I wanted to name him George," which even though that name would have made no sense back in those days. But let's just assume <laughs> it for sake of argument. Yeah. He could have named him something else. Yeah. But he didn't. He got the information from God that this is what you need to name the Savior of the world, Jesus, and then Joseph correctly names him so. And that was his that was his responsibility. And so this idea of surrendering, this idea of saying, All right, Lord, help me as a man, understand what you desire of me, and then give me the grace to be able to fulfill it. Saint Joseph was the personification of that, just like Mary was as well. But as a guy, sometimes it's like, well, you know, Mary was, was all holy, and, and, you know, but I'm not Mary, you know, what? you can go to Joseph. You can, he literally did the same exact thing in the calling that he was described to do, and yeah. did it to, you know, like I said, to perfection. So, again, very beautiful in the, in the idea of surrender um, and all that. We need to take a break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more from George Toman on The Surrender of St. Joseph. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. One body. The Surrender of St. Joseph. One body, stewarding God's creation. With George Toman. One body. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. Now we're going to go back to George Toman talking about the surrender of St. Joseph. Yes, wonderful. So I'm going to move a little bit here and talk about what we can refer to as the poverty of Jesus' birth. And I have a personal story here to, to share. In that last year, I had, I had a good friend who, who called me up. It was actually right, right around this time last year, just thinking about it. And he, he was just really, lack of a better phrase, he was very depressed. And I kind of like, what's, you know, what's wrong, buddy? Like, what's going on? And he's a father with, with uh, at that time, it was, it was three young, healthy, healthy children. And he just admitted saying, things are really tough financially. I don't think we're going to be able to get all of the gifts that the kids wanted. He just felt very defeated for Christmas, just felt very defeated. And I remember talking to him, I don't have any children myself, but I know just my own heart kind of kind of hurt for him because as a man, you want to be the provider of the family. That's one of our kind of our natural tendencies. And he just simply felt he couldn't do it because 
financially they were just and of course it was you know we're pandemic times and all of that he was they were just overwhelmed with the medical bills and uh, you know the rising prices like like many of us are. and we kind of talked a little bit about he, he just wanted some spiritual help to like for lack of a better phrase too of trying to like just keep his head up and survive because he was just really feeling inadequate as a provider as a husband as a father and we brought up well we're um, the, the poverty of, of Jesus and the one of my favorite authors the late um, Benedict Gro- father Benedict Groeschel talks about recognizing that Jesus was born into poverty and to be very conscious and aware of that fact that Jesus himself the king of the universe the salvation of men the answer to literally every prayer you could ever ask for he is the answer he chose he was born in poverty so going to scripture luke 2 verse 7 and she mary gave birth to firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling and clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn recognizing that jesus himself was born of a loving family but born in poverty it's home to the reality of any time that we have any kind of poverty financial spiritual whatever the case may be to always remember to turn to jesus because he lived the suffering especially in the sense of the the physical poverty and he's the answer to our spiritual poverty so how does this relate to Joseph and surrender? Well, going back to my to my story a little bit, we kind of connected some dots here, and we just kind of said, you know, maybe, maybe this trial that the Lord has given you here from a financial perspective is to get you closer during this Advent to Christ. And we, and we also kind of talked about St. Joseph and how did he feel. Now, again, at that point, I was already doing a little bit of reading of St. Joseph and stuff, but that moment was very powerful for me because he, he was then, you know what, maybe I do need to pray a little bit to, to more to St. Joseph and try to get some inspiration because I don't have any right now. You know, my, my, mm-hmm. my wife's not happy with me. She's not happy with our financial situation. The kids want all these things, expecting it, you know, and then all of their cousins around them are also getting a lot of, uh, a lot of gifts, and they may not get the same thing come, come Christmas. And so... He decided to take that route of prayer, and, and long story short, he, he, um, he, things turned out very well for him on a, on a big level. Yes, they weren't able to meet all of the gifts, but the kind of joy that their family had last year was, was very, very special. We talked about, he and I talked about that soon after. But this idea that Joseph being, knowing that there was nowhere in the end for his own wife to give birth to you know, her son, is just like gut-wrenching right like you know it's like come on just someone let me in the door so you know because they're trying to find some respectable place for jesus to be born in and again he essentially by the will of god here decides to put to have the scene of the king's birth in the poorest setting possible so that we can understand the true connections between what it takes to truly be a Christian, but also the kind of surrender needed to truly be that, to be a true Christian follower. 
And for St. Joseph, being able to surrender his pride, for lack of a better phrase, that I couldn't find a better place for my wife and my child to be, mm-hmm. you know, to be at in a very vulnerable time, to trust in God that this moment means something. Now, again, we have nothing in Scripture to tell us exactly what was Joseph thinking. So all of this is kind of more spiritual, you know, speculation, reflection, whatever you want to call it there. But I think we can we can earnestly say because of the, the, the honor and, and integrity that he showed previously, when he could have just went up and walked away from Mary, despite how tough that scene was, besides, besides how tough it must have been to look all around you and notice that all of the ends all of the places that could have held you rejected you, and the only place was this manger, this barn, essentially, to a degree, to know that St. Joseph trusted God that this was going to be okay and speak volumes. If any of you in listening audience have, are having difficulty financially in these times to make the holiday season work. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Christmas is about Christ, period. And everything else that we put around it is just other stuff connecting ourselves uniquely to christ in a time of toughness is exactly what our lord is there for for the world doesn't know how to handle tough times the world always tries to find a way to handle suffering in a different way than needs to be it always tries to find a way to avoid the the struggles of life whereas for the christian our lord has given us the solution to be able to handle the trials the tribulations the sufferings all pointed to him and in this christmas season as we prepare i should say in advent for the christmas season we look right at that of that nativity scene and remember that family that we honor with great reverence was radically poor in that their first christmas together was outside in a barn in a stable but yet that scene was if you will, the tipping point for now the Savior of the world, the incarnate Word made flesh, to now be part of the world and truly be with us. And so, again, if, if, you know, what really sticks out to me, especially in our tough times these days, where I know financially for a lot of people it could be difficult just to even think about paying for a big Christmas celebration, just remember, even though it might be difficult at first, just remember, surrender that suffering to God He'll point you to both Mary and Joseph because they had to deal with it, too. Mm-hmm. They had to deal with the, the suffering of, of not being able to have the, you know, maybe the, the, the quote-unquote best place to maybe have their, the birth of, of, of the Savior. But they had the appropriate and the God-willed setting for them to help impact the world, which is most important. Yeah. And so just remember that going forward, if anyone is, is, is experiencing that, and also just returning to Joseph, or, and especially if you're a guy, if you're feeling that way, it's like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay these, 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 you know, these Christmas gifts or other things. Go to St. Joseph to give you the courage and faith needed to not only put that suffering in its proper place, but also to be able to help you and walk the journey because you don't need to do it alone. So my last reflection for us today, and then I will will get out of our way for this morning here, is uh-huh. the the flight into Egypt. So the 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 passage in Scripture. So I'm going to point to it right now, just to to um, chap, uh, Ma- yeah Matthew chapter two uh, verse. Actually, let's, let's, I'm going to go back to verse thirteen. Now, when they had departed, 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there till I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And verse 14, when he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. Now, again, scripture very succinct, very quick, and there's a lot to unpackage here. Because now we have this scene where, again, Joseph is following the will of God, again, which is an act of of surrender, connecting those dots. He has just got finished witnessing the birth of, of his son in a manger. And a little bit after that, all of a sudden he gets told again in a dream from an angel that, look, you need to get up and get out of town and get to Egypt. Because if you don't, the lives of those you love, you love are at stake. And Joseph, without any hesitation, does exactly what the angel said, which again is, is this idea of following the will of God, surrendering your will to, to that of God, and then it takes both Mary and Jesus to Egypt. Now, again, Scripture making it very short and sweet, but there's a lot to unpackage. So, number one, you are... Uh, Joseph was a carpenter, as, as what has already been mentioned. But Joseph also, from what we know, was also probably a poor carpenter in the sense that he worked to make his living. He probably didn't have much beyond that. So, And then in terms of the, the scene we talked about earlier and the poverty of Jesus' birth, there's a couple of, of theories out there. One being that when Joseph and Mary were trying to find a place to uh, essentially have the birth of Jesus, that everyone rejected them, which is probably true. But there's a second component, too, in that some have argued, theologians, other spiritual writers, and I tend to lean towards this perspective myself, that when Joseph was trying to go around uh, Bethlehem and trying to find a place for, for Mary to be at so she could give birth to Jesus, he was so poor that people still rejected him, maybe even if they had room. Now, again, I know that doesn't that isn't necessarily exactly what the scriptures say, but the reason why I, I kind of lean towards that is because if you had a lot of money, there's a good chance someone would have made room for you, right? Like, there's a good chance someone would have said, hey, you maybe have a little more than this person, so we'll just kick them out and we'll bring you in, yeah. or something to that effect. You know, like, even look at today, right? Really popular people, the restaurant might be closed for 30 minutes, and you get this, you know, this football coach or this star celebrity, oh yeah, we got a table for you mm. that's over here. They always find a way to make room for those people that have the, the goods. Yeah. <laughs> because Joseph was a man that embraced poverty, there's an argument to be made that, again, he only had enough to maybe, you know, pay for a basic room with that at all, and people just rejected it because, well, you don't you don't have you don't have the money, so who cares? Leave. <laughs> and so the point I'm saying that is because we get through that whole sequence where again Joseph is very much a man that is completely dedicated to God, but also is not the man who makes all the money in the world, is now being told, get up, take your your infant child with mom, get on a donkey and go to Egypt. And not only go to Egypt, but if you if you trace the path of where he may have gone, or at least some ideas of where he had gone, it would have been on a journey where there were smugglers and thieves on the road. It was very well known that when you're in the desert and there's no one else around you, there were thieves and others who were going to take you captive. 
There are people who are going to kill you for your 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 finances, or just do it out of out of spite. And the fact that Saint Joseph understood that after receiving the message from God via the angel that he needed to move, he went without question and acted on that in pure faith. In pure faith, despite the resources and other things not being there, to from a logical standpoint, be able to to support the journey. And I'll also say. For you ladies that are listening, imagine if what the you know the night before you're talking to 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 your husband and you have your infant child in your hands, you wake up the next morning and your husband says, "Hey, we got to go on foot about probably fifty to a hundred miles to a to an area that we don't even know, and we got to go now." And I and I'm asking you to simply trust me. Would you do it? <laughs> and 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 that's you know and that leans more toward Mary surrender to Joseph as the husband and spiritual leader, but the point I'm bringing out is from a pure human perspective, and again, I'm just reflecting on my own here from the guy's perspective, and that that's, I mean, that's just unheard of. That's like, Lord, you're really asking me to move? You're really asking me to move when I I, I barely had enough money to get us into this, this, this you know, into this, this manger and, and to, to burv, you know, to have Jesus here, and then all of a sudden now you're you're telling me go somewhere else? And again, Scripture makes it clear, Joseph does not question. He simply surrenders to God and does his will. And in, in, the, in the verse following, in verse 15, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, remained there in Egypt until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt have I called my son. So there's obviously this, this, this connection scripturally to fulfill the Old Testament promises, uh, um, but... Again, from a pure human perspective, a pure human perspective, that is a very difficult move to make. In fact, it almost seems very impossible. And the fact that you could get from Bethlehem to Egypt and not have anything bad happen to you in perspective um, is very, very much a will of God to protect you and to be with you. So what we can learn from that scene as we kind of end our time together this morning is St. Joseph in this act of surrender, in this moment of adversity, this moment of need, not only being able to to prayerfully reflect and act upon the will of God, but also having the trust that, look, you may not know what the next day holds, you may not know even what the next hours hold, but if you just take one step at a time, if you take a journey, taking one step always always towards the Lord, always towards God the Father himself, if you act on his will, he will eventually get to where you need to be, and he will eventually have a have a guarantee that this part of your journey, though it might seem like a detour, it might seem like something that seems out of out of the norm. God will find a way, because of how be, of how great He is, to be able to take that path and be able to help you see how it served into the greater purpose and plan in your life. So, if you're experiencing any of it, if you're experiencing some kind of setback in your life, relationship job, um, anything, maybe, you know, having difficulties with, with your own children, relatives, other things, you have any kind of, of setbacks, ponder this scene, ponder this scene that we're going to read a lot in the next couple, coming weeks, this, I, where Joseph takes his family to Egypt, follows the will of God, even though, again, that seems like an impossible endeavor, and reflect on the fact that, all right, all right, God, I'm in a similar situation, obviously maybe not be the same the same kind of level, but 
I don't know what you're doing in my life. Like, I have no idea. You were leading me into a desert in places that I do not know or I'm comfortable with. Please give me the grace, similar, similar to that you gave the Holy Family, so that I can make the most sense of this, so that I can then not only maintain but grow my faith in you, and then allow you to show me the beautiful uh, result that this this um, divert path, if you will, is going to have for my life. And again, you're not, you know, unless you're unless you're really blessed with <laughs> with some very specific graces that that rarely anyone gets. You at least, I believe, get the courage to connect your own suffering with that of the Holy Family from this scene, and then be able to, in your own life, be able to put it in its proper perspective. Mm-hmm. That it's not a journey away from something. It's not something necessarily that you did, quote unquote, wrong. That maybe God's punishing you for, but maybe it's more so. Uh, here is an alternative route, so that when the time is right to come back, or if things get better, they'll be even better than you could ever expect. Because that's exactly what happened here. Mm-hmm. That once. Joseph received the message from the angel to return to where he came from. They returned to they went, you know, they went to um, they went back, and by going back, the political scene at the time was more safe for Jesus, more safe for Mary, and more safe to essentially plant the seed, if you will, for the beginning to be able to not only raise the the, the holy family, but also to be able to set the stage for. Jesus' ministry a couple decades later. But it can only happen if Joseph took the courage, following God's will, to go to Egypt temporarily so that God can do his work so that then when they return, things are better. And so I think that's where we can kind of um, we can kind of take take some ideas from. Last thought for us, and then um, we'll be done, uh, at least with my portion for this morning. Uh, I mentioned St. Teresa of Avila earlier, and I'd like to end with a phrase from her autobiography as well. And this is what she says. Would that I could persuade all men to be devoted to this glorious saint, St. Joseph, for I know by long experience what blessings he can obtain for us from God. I have never known anyone who, who was truly devoted to him and honored him by particular services who did not advance greatly in virtue, for he helps in a special way those souls who commend themselves to him. It is now very many years since I began asking him for something on his feast, and I have always received it. If the petition was in any way amiss, he rectified it for my greater good. I ask for that love of God, that he who does not believe me will make the trial for himself, that he will find out my ex- by experience the great good that results from committing oneself to this glorious patriarch and in being devoted to him. And in a similar vein to St. Teresa of Avila, um, if anyone listening or that will listen to this to the recording here have needs any kind of spiritual inspiration or maybe looking for maybe a new spiritual exercise to help you get closer to God, consider Saint Joseph. Go to Joseph as we as it, as, as we say in the in the in the old in the Old Testament. Go to him and go to Joseph confidently, knowing that he is the guardian of the Holy Family. He is the protector of the Church. He is in heaven wanting us to utilize his help in a very tough times. And so, yeah, that's all I have today. So um, thanks be to God for St. Joseph. Thanks be to God for Divine Mercy Radio. Please, uh, my little my little buzz here, not prompted. Um, <laughs> if, you, uh, if, you, if you have a little bit of money that you can, you can help spare and help support the ministry of Divine Mercy Radio, please prayerfully discern that urge. And, and, and uh, I promise you the, the ministry of what we do is impacting souls more than you can ever imagine. So as, as I used to say when I sat your chair, 
temporarily, of course. It was, you know, pray for our pray for our ministry, Divine Mercy Radio. If your prayer brings fruit of possibly financially supporting us, then please act on that. And number three, thanks be to God for your support of Divine Mercy Radio and ultimately your support for the evangelization of God in a very dark world. So, mm-hmm. again, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. God bless you. And I wish the best going forward. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. This year, Divine Mercy Radio is celebrating Mother Angelica, so we will be ending this show with a quote from Mother. This one is titled, The Crucifix. You know, I wear a crucifix because I don't want to forget that God is with me. I like to hold on to Him when things get difficult because it reminds me of how much Jesus loves me. He loved me this much. He wants me to understand that in this position, in this intolerable, painful position, He forgave. That's what it means to be saintly. Thank you, Mother Angelica. Please pray for us. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear His voice, Harden not your hearts.